0: This definitely isn't your granddad's state legislature. Today, elected officials reflect all the diversity and ambition of this great state. Find out more about this new generation of New Jersey legislators coming up on this week's Jaffe podcast.
1: You're listening
2: to the Jaffe podcast brought to you weekly by Jaffe Communications.
0: For more than four centuries, New Jersey's 19th legislative district has been on the cusp of revolutionary change. Its largest city, Perth Amboy, paved the way for representative democracy in America with its royal charter. And in the shadow of the Statue of Liberty, cities became incubators for the waves of immigration that fueled our nation's industrial golden age. It's fitting that the voters in the 19th District would elect Assemblywoman Avon Lopez, a legislator just as driven and dynamic as the District's history. Since assuming office in twenty eighteen, Avon has introduced many new bills and recently scored her first major legislative victory with a new law requiring seatbelts on New Jersey school buses. Everyone who's had the pleasure of meeting Yvonne knows that she's never too busy to share a smile and a warm hug. Today the Assemblywoman gave us much more with a great conversation in the Jaffe Podcast Studio about politics, community, and the allure of public service. Let's um, get started. Uh, do you want to just, uh, for our listeners that don't live in those five wonderful towns in northern Middlesex County, do you want to uh, give folks a little bit about you, tell us a little bit about uh, you?
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jonathan, again. Sure. And thank you, Josh, also. Uh, you know, I, I would share with you that I have been involved in public and community service work for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. My career um, was in banking. I was 20 mm-hmm. years uh, with Wells Fargo and as predecessor banks. Mm-hmm. 10 years of the 20, I was on the regulatory side of banking, a CRA, Community Investment Act. Mm-hmm. And then the balance of 10 years, I was VP for community relations and philanthropy for the tri state for New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I left banking in 07. I went on sabbatical for two years, two great years of mm-hmm. rest. Right, right. And I later got involved in the nonprofit sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last position was in Perth where I was the CEO of the Puerto Rican Association for Human Development. Mm-hmm. We serve everyone, regardless mm-hmm. of the name. Mm-hmm. And um, I had 80 employees, 10 programs, including a full-time preschool that was funded by the local school district. Mm-hmm. While I was working at Pride, and I would tell you that my I, my heart was into that organization, I probably work 10, 11-hour days right, right. every Sunday. We knew, we knew you in Pride. Yeah, yep. we're in Pride, right? Yep. And um, I, I formed a partnership with the Carpenters' Union, mm-hmm. and through that relationship, let me just tell you a little bit about that program. So sure, the program sure. allowed PROD mm-hmm. to be the hub to recruit and source individuals to enter into their evening apprenticeship program, pre-apprenticeship program.
0: For folks and who want to be carpenters.
2: For folks who want to be okay. carpenters. Mm-hmm. And those folks who graduated from that program, it's a 400-hour uh, requirement, will later go into the five-year program. Mm-hmm. and. Um, And through that work, I met Kevin McCabe, Mm -hmm. who was who's the president of the trust, the Carpenters Trust. And Kevin and I one day were chatting um, about the program and he asked me, he said, you know, would you be interested in running for office? Um, At the time, John Wisniewski was running for Mm -hmm. the. And we
0: need to mention Kevin McCabe is also the Middlesex County Democratic chairman. Yes, he is. He's always on looking for talent.
2: Yes. uh, Yes. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And. um, I said, you know, I'm I'm not sure. You know, I really love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love public service. I wouldn't mind also becoming a legislator, but wasn't sure if I could do both. And it's that's the truth. So mm-hmm. oh. I took that back and I thought about it, and I, and I came back later and said to Kevin, you know, I do. I mm-hmm. would love to do this because it'll give me the opportunity to provide service, not just on a local level, but more on a regional level, Mm -hmm. a statewide level, and was very interested in the legislature, Mm -hmm. um, interested in learning how to legislate Mm -hmm. and pass laws and have more of an impact on a statewide level, and also have a base, my district, constituents that I could um, work with and serve. Mm -hmm. So from there on, you know, we we campaigned. Mm -hmm. And um we were um Speaker Coughlin is my I'm his running mate. Mm-hmm. So, Very
0: interesting as a, <laughs> as a newbie to run with the Assembly Speaker. Right, for, right, right, right. And for folks that don't know who the Assembly Speaker is, uh, Craig Coughlin, he's the, the third most powerful yes. man legislatively in New Jersey.
2: And one of the nicest Absolutely. individuals you'll Absolutely. ever meet. He's mm-hmm. just an amazing – A Wurbridge guy. Woolwich guy, just mm-hmm. an amazing family man. And it's funny because when we were campaigning, I would often uh, refer to Speaker Coughlin mm-hmm. as boss. And he would say to me, "I'm not your boss." And I said, "Okay, boss, right?" Uh, yeah. and, and, and it didn't take me long to realize that my boss, are uh, my constituents from the 19th legislative district. So we ran, we uh, were elected. I was sworn in on, uh, excuse me, January 9th of 2018, mm-hmm. which is a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it has been an experience for me. I have to tell you, it's been just amazing. Mm -hmm. The learning curve is amazing. Like I shared with you earlier. What do you mean
0: it's amazing? What does that mean?
2: It's amazing because... you, we, when you're in these positions, you don't, you don't, you don't get a handbook mm-hmm. on how, how do you do this work, right? <laughs> There's no training. You do go through ethics training, a, a, a lot of ethics training. So you learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the great things about being a legislature is that you have the opportunity to meet more seasoned legislators. Absolutely. And you need a mentor, you know. So currently I have about three mm-hmm. um, at the state level that I go to when I'm kind of stuck in a pickle, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and, they're, and they're wonderful. They've been doing this work ten, fifteen, eighteen years. Yeah, and they've become my dearest new friends too. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, even with staff, you know, we have um, an amazing staff on board. We have pr- probably about ten full timers on mm-hmm. w- with Speaker Coughlin and Senator Vitali, because we were from the same district, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they also don't come with training. And so you learn as you go. Right. And even with my staff, um, with Juan Carlos Mondello, who's my policy person, he's learned so much this past year. He is just like a, a rising star in right. the legislature. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a, quite an interesting year. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and also, it seems um, Assembly Speaker Coughlin wanted to keep you very busy because it appears that you're on every single committee. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, th- that's another thing. Thank you. <laughs> or so maybe I, five committees? Yeah, right, or, no. Is it five so committees? It's four. But I would say to you, watch what you wish for, right, and right. I'll tell you why. Right. When that form comes along, mm-hmm. um, asking to select the committees that you want to serve on, mm-hmm. and because I'm, I'm aggressive and mm-hmm. that's just my nature, right. it was check, 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 check. All right. the five, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. And little did I realize the volume of work that comes with you know checking off those boxes. So yeah, so currently I'm serving on. Financial institutions and insurance. I'm serving on transportation, um, regulatory oversight, and I, I'm also in a leadership position now. I'm mm-hmm. vice chair of the Environment and Solid Waste Committee, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting because we love our okay. planet and we want right. to save our planet, right? So we're all working really hard to pass good legislation, laws that will preserve um, our natural resources in New Jersey.
0: You know what always strikes me is that um, being in the assembly is magically supposed to be a part-time job, and I see if I go to like chamber breakfasts, I see assembly people at seven thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then they have their day. Mm-hmm. Then they have fundraisers at night, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to somehow magically see their families right. at some point during it. Right. I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. Um, right. But what what do you think drives people to be in the state legislature and to deal with the it, politics of it and the fundraising of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not for the, uh, soft at heart. That's
2: for sure. No, you know, it's, it's commitment, you know, it's commitment right. to, to the state of New Jersey. It's commitment to your constituents within your district. And, mm-hmm. and, of, and apart from your district, um, I would tell you for me, um, I've been a public servant, like I mentioned for so many years. Mm-hmm. And if I was not committed to this work, I would have stayed at my full time job, my day job, that right. um, was very wonderful, compensating position, <laughs> right? Right in Perthambore, <laughs> right, in boy, right? In two in streets boy. from your house. But I right? quickly realized that yeah. uh, if I really wanted to be an effective, successful legislator, I could. I had to do this full time. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this full time right now. Well,
0: thank you. I mean, the, the trick, too, is that you also represent five very distinct communities, you and you're are, Still a rookie, and right. everybody wants to meet you. Everybody right. wants to know who you are, and right. uh, you know, from Carteret all the way down uh, to Sayreville. Right. You know, no,
2: so. no, you're right. It's you not know, an easy job. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. Hard. And so, we as legislators, uh, when you're doing this full time, you're you're out quite a bit. So, like Mondays and Thursdays, we're in Trenton, and those days can last anywhere from eight to ten hours, depending if you're in voting session. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in my office on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. I try to take Fridays off. Mm-hmm. Um, not always very successful, right, but right. I do need a day to for the mental health, you know, yes. day to. Yeah. Well, by the <laughs> to, way, this
0: is being done on a Friday. Oh, I, I know. There's no way I we know, would have got I you know, any other day of the week. So. It's okay. I, yeah. I've,
2: had, I've been on four conference calls today, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, you, so there has to be some level of work-life balance too, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to be home at least one day a week, right? So that Absolutely. you can take care of the house and. Uh, take your family, I have a mom who 's eighty years old, yeah. and I you know I love her dearly, yeah. she lives four blocks away from me yeah. and i 've just spent time with her too yeah. my sister so but i this is just incredible um, the you know last year when we had the paramus um, bus crash, um, we immediately um, submitted legislation um, for buses to be equipped with three point seatbelt. Mm-hmm. Uh, system Which was with,
0: amazing that it took this long this right
2: and we passed that piece of legislation in August it went into law and for me that was my, probably one of my first experiences of really feeling the hurt and pain from families because at the press uh, conference the family of Miranda was there mm-hmm. um, and also the teachers the teacher that passed. And to just see the emotions on mm-hmm. their face and the tears. And it was just so emotional for me. And
0: So are the kids required to wear the safety belts yes. or are the buses are required to equip them?
2: The buses are required to equip them and mm-hmm. the children, the students are required to wear them. So now you have the strap lap mm-hmm. versus um, um, before lap it was belt. just That's lap, lap belt, belt only. Correct.
0: Real, real quick, we have a 16-year-old here. Do you <gasps> use a seat belt when you're on a school bus? No.
2: Oh, oh shame, shame, shame! So, what
0: is the what is the penalty to the
2: uh, the student? Juvenile delinquency. <laughs> prison, <laughs> prison. Oh, teasing! <laughs> She's no. like, is he serious? but I have to tell you. Um, I, I had someone. I was at a fundraiser right around the time that I introduced this piece of legislation, and I had someone say to me. Oh, we didn't even have seat belts um, in buses. When we were kids. I said so we didn't have seat belts in our cars when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Imagine all the lives now that are being saved because of seat belts. So please wear your seatbelt, young lady. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 important because if there is an accident and that bus potentially can uh, tip over, you you will get seriously hurt. Whereas if you wear the seat belt, the shoulder, the strap, you are contained within mm. your seat. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, will so, you see yeah. them? How did, how did the,
0: uh, the the bus companies? What did they think of this legislation?
2: We didn't get pushback from the bus companies. Really? Well, you, you're you saving that lives. Bis- you
0: think business? I mean, they're, well, they're yeah. like, well, how much is this going to cost? Right. But us you know, and- it's
2: about saving lives, right. Jonathan. Right? right. So if we can, whatever we can do to save lives, whether it's the students, um, the driver, um, the teachers on the bus, this is about this is about safety and mm-hmm. it's about saving lives. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: So, so that's legislation that you introduced. It got passed. That's terrific. Yeah. What, what have been some of the other uh, victories over the past uh, year oh, and one month? You know, do, you know, mean, do you know how many bills you've introduced? Because we get press releases, and it's like, Lopez introduces this, Lopez introduces that. So, so very, very busy. Yeah.
2: But, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll talk a little bit about um, the Dignity Bill. Okay, explain Which, that. Okay. Uh, that's it's still it's you know it's out for fiscal note right now. Back in February, Senator Cory Booker called my office mm-hmm. to ask if I would work with him on passing the Dignity Bill. What is the Dignity Bill? So, Dignity Bill is on co- co- excuse me, inca- incarcerated women and incarcerated primary caregiver parents. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So I'm just regressed a bit. So he was trying to pass this piece of legislation... On a federal level. On a federal level, Mm -hmm. but it didn't go anywhere. So what he did was he went on this tour around the country, introducing the bill to different states. Fast forward, nine states have adopted some version of the Dignity Bill. Mm -hmm. We had a press conference in Newark, and what we did, we expanded our bill to include a number of things. And um, this bill... And I'm going to talk about this, and if you want no. to edit this, later. Yeah, okay. No. So women in prison um, have to make a choice whether to buy a tampon or make a phone call to their children. And we we just felt how wait, ridiculous you, uh, wait, is let's that? Take a second. Yeah,
0: they based on how much money they have, or you no? Could,
2: no they, you could
0: say you
1: could use it. So inmates get a commissary. The
2: commissary. But
1: Feminine hygiene products are not included. They're not charge-free. So they have to use their commissary money in order Mm -hmm. to acquire um, feminine hygiene products. The napkins are are
2: free.
1: Oh, they are. The napkins are are free, but the tampons
2: are. are not. And so, What's it, the di- I mean, right. So, it, let's say you have four dollars in commissary, right? You have to make a decision. Okay, do I buy that during my menstrual for four days or five days, or do I call my child? And we just found that absolutely. Wow. Uh, ridiculous. Pretty so it is, power. and then also in our bill we are um, asking for extended visitation rights for children, <laughs> and I'm really pl- so happy that we met with the Department of Corrections and with the Association of Counties, and we we didn't really get a lot. I was I was concerned that we'd get a lot of pushback on this, but we worked together, and we were able to get into the bill an extended amount of time that mm-hmm. parents could spend with their children. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what we were looking for. We were looking for more hours. Um, But we we did come to a compromise, so there is extended time for visitation with children.
0: Excellent.
2: The other is um, we really, you know, when you look at the incarceration of women, Mm -hmm. 85% of the women who are incarcerated are incarcerated for nonviolent offenses. They're there because of drugs or um, forgery or Mm -hmm. um, domestic violence. And so they are incarcerated Mm -hmm. and they come into the system and they come into the system with very little support. Mm-hmm. So we were asking for more uh, drug programming, counseling, mm-hmm. mental health counseling, mm-hmm. um, helping them so that when they do leave the prison uh, that they're, they're coming out into society feeling better and perhaps a better person. Right, right. We, there's a lot in that bill. And also mm-hmm. for, for men. Mm-hmm. This is not just for women. Mm-hmm. So incarcerated uh, fathers are also going to receive that extended amount of visitation rights with their mm-hmm. children.
0: Right. Because they're going to get out one day they're and they're they want to have connections with yeah, their families. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. absolutely I mean, it shouldn't be part of the the penalty. Yeah. The
1: data shows mm-hmm. that the strongest predictor of a successful reentry into society for a woman who's been in prison mm-hmm. is access to family and support so, you know there's a great deal of data that yeah. shows that uh, you know yeah. providing women who are incarcerated mm-hmm. with access to visitation rights for their yeah. kids makes them more, it makes it much less likely that they'll reoffend. Right, mm-hmm.
2: right, and, yeah. and you know we were on. Is that
0: real, real quick, Alana, mm-hmm. Is that bill is, is there a companion in the Senate and it's moved? There through? is
2: on the Senate side. Uh, it is Senator Graystein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I would say that we put a lot into that bill. And so we've had to negotiate a lot as well, Absolutely. because there is a, a it's a significant fiscal note to it, right? And um, so we are still working right now. We're waiting on DLC to come back with what that what fiscal note's going to look we like. Yeah. Um, we've had to eliminate some stuff in the bill. We're fine because this is what legislation mm-hmm. is all about, right? You you meant you meet with your constituents you meet with organizations and you come to an agreement and we were asking the bill for a free telephone calling but then when we saw the fiscal note attached to that we said okay that's fine we can scratch it out that's
0: it yeah. really co- it costs money to make calls from prison of like i mean no 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 is. no i i know it costs money but yeah. like for example, like over the internet now, mm-hmm. you can make phone calls, the you can video call conference thing. you know. But it's still expensive. It, it, wow. The
1: the, the um, phone system in prisons. We could do another podcast on that. Mm-hmm. The politics of that. How do you yeah. know the- these, things? Uh-huh. these uh-huh. things? Because
2: he's a millennial. He knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he's, god! Yeah. yeah. So that- <laughs> yeah.
1: There's so, a lot of money to be made on fo- on prison phone calls. And the video conferencing,
2: too. Video yeah. like, conferencing, yeah. too. live Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, another – pe- What
0: were you talking about last week? You were the expert on – uh, We had an accountant here last week talking about tax. Okay. So he was talking – Exemptions with, He was for talking vehicles. about exemptions for vehicles. Oh. And, like, expert in the U.S. tax code. Right. Then after that, we had a guy who was here who – with a non-profit that does sandwich making and gives to families in Newark and Irvington. Yeah. So he was the expert on poverty, cri- the poverty crisis in Newark. Right. And right. now, you, now you're the expert on the prison phone calls.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my goodness. But
0: I, I, so I, have a, I have a question for you. So
1: sure.
0: I would think that one of the interesting things, um, speaking of sandwich making, is um, how sandwiches are made in Trenton. So you come up as a sandwiches (laughs) or sausages. (laughs) (laughs) But how you make a bill that you basically say here, you know, I've met with my constituents, Mm -hmm. you know, and in the 19th district, there's many people who want X. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you have Office of Legislative Services write that bill Mm -hmm. and then it gets thrown in with all the other bills. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, one of my professors at Rutgers, I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, the state assembly is not a bill-making body. It is a bill-killing body, um, meaning that everybody has all this legislation and what actually gets heard and, and whatever mm-hmm. and what actually doesn't. You know, There's a lot more that doesn't get heard. So I guess the, the long point of the question I'm asking is how – as Josh, is the sausage. How's the sausage made? So you you come up with that idea. How do you get it from there to the attention of the Assembly Speaker to a bill, companion bill in the Senate mm-hmm. and ultimately to having the governor sign? Okay, so I, I would tell it's you. It's not easy.
2: No, it's not. And I, I, I would say that uh, my policy person mm-hmm. really makes me look really good. He's mm-hmm. just an expert. he 's us drop the name. Who is that? Juan Carlos oh, okay. yeah, He's Great just guy. amazing. Um, He has learned this so quickly, but this is his passion. Mm -hmm. And um, so we meet with constituents and or organizations, and they, for the most part, are the folks that come to us with issues Mm -hmm. and ideas. Mm -hmm. And nine out of ten times, we will run with the idea or the issue. Um, Other times, it's just something that's against my grain, Mm -hmm. against my values, Mm -hmm. so I won't further Mm -hmm. pursue it um when carlos would then take that information he submits it to the office of legislative services they do all the research they come back with the research without a bill number we look at it we bring our constituents in again to look at that language to ensure that this is this feels good for them and Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be viable for our community Uh, we make whatever amendments we need to make then we submit it we get a bill number and then the process, it takes a while. And the leadership does look through all the potential bills, and they begin to disseminate the posting of the bills to the committees. Right, right. And there, there are times, some, there are many times that some of these bills, uh, you go months and months, they don't, they don't get posted. So we make phone calls mm-hmm. to the chairs of the committees, and we ask them, for, you know, please, can you submit the bill? And so we have good relationships too, in the legislature it 's just that there's so many bills it 's impossible right. to post all those bills quickly mm-hmm. um and they get po- so for instance, yes, I was in Trenton, and I had four bills that were um, posted to committees. Mm-hmm. so I was testifying here and testifying there and i'm happy to say that um the bills were all unanimously approved, but you know you still have to go through the process of no, they they have to go through Frisco notes and um, and then ultimately the Senate side they have to pass on that House um, the bill as well the mm-hmm. companion piece mm-hmm. of it and then ultimately if everything goes fine it goes up to the governor's office and um, his decision yeah. and his yeah and then there's got to be
0: people in the legislature who, I assume are reaching out to the governor and saying governor. We're bringing something up to you. Uh, maybe that. it's assembly, the Assembly Speaker yeah. that's extremely important. Right. You know, And right. I know the Assembly Speaker and the Senate President work very well together. They do
2: very well. And, very uh, well. And that's, that's important. Yeah, it is very important. It's important that we be collegiate with each other also. Mm-hmm. And I, I can speak for myself that within our caucus, the mm-hmm. Assembly Caucus, uh, everyone's very kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Kind. We support each other. We, we agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes there are bills that half the caucus may approve of mm-hmm. and the other half don't. And and it's all based on the geography and the district and what's important to the constituents. And that's part of the process. Right. You, know, right. you, don't, you don't always receive 100% of approval on every single bill. That comes. Mm-hmm. And, and you've seen that you know, with yeah, all the, other, the issues that we've yeah. had with um, all the other mm-hmm. statewide bills. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know,
0: Vaughn, one of the big uh, topics has been uh, the fifteen dollars minimum wage. Mm -hmm. That's what what, what about that? Where where were you on that?
2: So, of course, you know, I was. I'm supportive. I was co sponsor on the minimum wage. The minimum wage is going to impact thousands of individuals in New Jersey. We have nine million residents that live here, and it's going to allow for those individuals who are marginalized Mm -hmm. to earn more. Mm And in earning more, they will probably spend more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would share with you, and, you know, there, there was a lot of pushback from businesses, from small businesses, and because their fear of what that's going to mean to their workforce. Mm-hmm. And um, But at the end, and I'm really proud of Speaker Coughlin for really pushing this through, because this, this will impact the marginalized communities, mm-hmm. those who are, who are making aid and change um, right now. Mm-hmm. So we know that in July, it's going to go up to $10, and then mm-hmm. January 11, over the next five years, it will be phased out. And our hope is that, one, more families will be able to put food on the table will be able to not have to make those decisions about, do I buy food or do I buy a prescription? Right. Um, can I pay my rent and not feed my... So they'll they'll be in a better place where they can afford a little bit more mm-hmm. and then spend a little bit more, too, so mm-hmm. it will help the economy. Mm-hmm. Are there, mm-hmm. Do we
0: know, does Pennsylvania and New York have $15? New maybe? York has 15 New York has it, mm-hmm. but not I don't think uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania yet. yet. Right. But yeah. is, it's something that, you know... Is it being pushed around the country? It is the absolutely. States, every yeah, every day. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fightfor15.com.
1: Fight for 15
0: yep. mm-hmm. well, I know there was a big Hillary Clinton uh, uh, candidate issue in 2016. Avon, I know one of the bills um, that you've been working on, um, really involving in your district in Sayreville regarded the right um, for high school students to self-administer medication. Correct. Tell us about that. Yeah,
2: so that bill is forty-seven ninety-nine. So, Jonathan, I had uh, a constituent that came to our office to speak to to me and Speaker Coughlin. She has a teenage daughter attending high school who suffers from adrenal insufficiency. What does that mean? Symptoms of uh, adrenal insufficiency: low blood pressure, um, unconsciousness. headaches, dizziness, nauseousness, and whenever she has an episode like that at home, if mom is not home, she self-administers the hydrocortisone, but in her school, they're not allowing her to self-administer that medication. So the parents who's become an advocate has been at this for about three years um, because it's also affected so her. We,
0: so if she can't administer in high school, what did the mom have to drive to school or was it the nurse? Well, the or just yeah. go to the nurse's office? The
2: nurse's office, right. So it also interfered with her extracurricular activities. Just very sad. Very bad. Mm-hmm. So she came to us and we decided to submit this to the uh, Office of Legislative Services. They came back with the language. Uh, fast forward, um, last week, she came to the State House, mm-hmm. as did um, Dina Matos from the CARES Foundation, and I. We presented this piece of legislation, and the bill is going to require schools to allow students to self administer hydrocortisone su- succinate okay. in the event they're having a, an adre- adrenal crisis. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was passed unanimously, and we hope that this bill becomes law soon. Okay. Um, I had um, Janet Mazur, who is the parent. I was with her two nights ago in the cerebral meeting, mm-hmm. and she was so emotional. She was so happy and so right. proud and so excited that finally someone heard her. Someone is helping her, mm-hmm. and it's not just her daughter. It's the entire adrenal insufficiency community right. that suffer from these symptoms. Mm-hmm.
0: Yvonne, we know that you've been so heavily involved in social services work um, with the legislature and obviously for the many years before with PROD. And I know there's another interesting bill that you've been working on regarding senior citizens and uh, who are victims of crimes that um, the um, perpetrators would be getting paying additional penalties. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that?
2: Yeah, well, you just did, but I'll I'll reiterate (laughs) it. At least
0: I guess I'm accurate, at least.
2: (laughs) So, So this bill on pertains to seniors and also people with disabilities Mm -hmm. if someone is uh, convicted of violating a senior or a person with disability their charges and their penalty will be graded one level higher Mm -hmm. than it is now Mm -hmm. and my hope is that by increasing the penalty that the perpetrators and the bad people right out mm-hmm. there will think twice before they victimize a senior or mm-hmm. someone with a disability. Mm-hmm. That's my whole intent. It's it's, it's very
0: simple. It is. And, um, it shouldn't be happening. Right. But it is. Is it p- people with developmental disabilities of, well, actually intellectual and developmental disabilities of any age? It,
2: right. If you're disabled, mm-hmm. regardless of the disability, mm-hmm. if, you, if you are victimized, you will be charged at a grade higher.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. And where is that now in the process?
2: Uh, It was posted, presented, and it's going through the process right now. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. All right. Well, listen... We want to thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for, so much for coming on our, our podcast. You really thank helped you. elevate us to a new level. <laughs> we had to act very mature today. Did we act
1: mature? I think so. We had, did we uh, ask smart question? Don't ask me. I'm not <laughs> the arbiter of maturity, John. Yeah. You know that. Well, all right. Oh, you both are so great. And, and I really we, appreciate yeah, it. Thank and we, thank we also you. had
0: our uh, assistant producer here, my daughter, Amanda. Yes, Amanda. Who uh, <laughs> decided to sit in on a day when uh, she didn't have school. So oh, thank this you. is great. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Big supporter of the $15 minimum wage for 2024. 20, <laughs> and uh, thank you again. This is um, the Jaffe Podcast. and We were speaking with Yvonne Lopez from the 19th Legislative District. And my final question for you, mm-hmm. people want to get in touch with you. How do they do so?
2: They, they can get in touch um, through my um, office email, which is mm-hmm. aswlopez mm-hmm. at njleg.org. Got
0: it. And they can also visit you on beautiful front Absolutely. street. Absolutely. We are Perth- located right. <laughs> We are located
2: right on the harbor of yeah. beautiful Perth and Boy two eleven Front Street. Yep. And our office hours are from nine to five, Monday through Friday.
0: By the way, as a side note, you—we think you have the coolest office of any state legislator.
2: I, I think so too. <laughs> she, she, from her desk, she
0: gets to look at it on the water yeah. and, and think about all the ways she's helping New Jersey. <laughs> my my, you know? my, my <laughs>
1: local senator Nia Gill has a really nice view of the Ramapo so I so oh say. Uh, yeah, that's a nice one too. I yeah. must say. I would and tell you that nothing's um,
2: better than Ramapo. Yeah, you know, yeah. everyone that comes to the office, especially those individuals that. Um, don't really know the history of Perthian boy in the waterfront Mm -hmm. they were aghast by the view and how beautiful it is so thanks thank you Jonathan (laughs) (laughs) the Jaffe podcast is a production of Jaffe communications which is solely responsible for its content episodes may not be reproduced or rebroadcast without permission our
1: executive producer is Jonathan Jaffe our editor and production manager is Josh Frank. And our theme song was composed by David Siste. For more episodes, visit jaffycom.com or find us on Facebook at Jaffe Communications. Thanks for listening. Join us next week.